now we move on to our second segment where we turn to the fate of the earth. New York City and much of the rest of the country has been broiling in a record summer heat wave the past week. We're also seeing record summer temperatures everywhere from Greenland to Pakistan. Yet all progress on climate action from the federal government has stalled thanks to Senator Joe Manchin and the filibuster. And of course, all the fossil fuel corporations that are uh, financing politicians like Joe Manchin. Meanwhile, here in here in New York, climate activists continue pushing the state legislature, which has Democratic supermajorities, to take bold climate action. The Build Public Renewables Act would greatly expand publicly controlled renewable energy sources, create union jobs, and reduce electricity rates. It almost made it through the state legislature in June before it was stopped by Assembly Speaker Carl Heasty, who said he needed to learn more about this legislation. Climate activists will be protesting outside Heasty's lower Manhattan office tomorrow at 12 noon in advance of a special public hearing on the Build Public Renewables Act that is slated for Thursday. Heasty agreed to hold that hearing after coming under massive pressure following his power play in June to stop the BPRA. Joining us now to talk about the renewed push for public power in New York State is Sarah Hanna Shrestha. Uh, Sarah Hanna was uh, recently won the Democratic nomination in District 103 in the Hudson Valley. She defeated a 13-term incumbent, Kevin Hick- Cahill, uh, with a grassroots people-powered uh, campaign, and she made public power uh, and in swiftly building out renewable energy sources in New York uh, a centerpiece of her campaign. Sarah Hanna, welcome to WBAI Radio. Thank you. And congratulations on, on your big victory. Uh, before we uh, talk some more about the Build Public Renewables Act and all, all the maneuvering in the legislature right now, uh, can you give our uh, listeners a sense of uh, how you, you won that election? The WBAI airwaves extend uh, up into your district, but probably many of our listeners may not be familiar with this really historic victory that you won uh, last month? Sure. So, you know, we ran a grassroots campaign. We started campaigning early, um, started last November, and we started hitting the ground right away because this district is geographically quite huge. Um, there's only few pockets of dense areas that we can easily knock doors in. So we knew going in that, you know, there would be um, a lot of rural terrain, a lot of long driveways. So we planned accordingly and um, intended to reach as many people at the, at the doors as possible. And that's really what we did. And, you know, uh, coming out of the pandemic and sort of um, culmination of multiple sources of political stress, people were pretty open to talking. Um, and this, you know, being in the Hudson Valley, uh, is pretty climate minded, uh, population overall. And we had a fairly easy time talking about climate inaction and using that as an example of what we could be doing much better in New York as setting an example using our democratic supermajority, um, and the wealth we have in this state as, you know, the opportunity to to basically push politics forward in the direction that we need. And climate was a very easy way to illustrate that this is, you know, in, in a crisis that's here. We have the tools, we have the means to start addressing it, but we haven't, right? We've gone three years without passing meaningful legislation. So this was a 
point of frustration that we could really easily talk about. And, you know, um, in the middle of this, we had an ice storm where there was a power outage. Um, our, our energy provider here is Central Hudson and people were already feeling very frustrated about uh, billing errors that was resulting in huge bills. And then after this four day blackout, um, there was a, a huge uh, spike announced in the supply rate and people were even more frustrated. And this has been an ongoing frustration. This has become, you know, um, an affordable issue. And climate actually has always been a- an issue of our economy, right? It's a result of an economy that's very much profit centered, um, exploitation centered. And I think, you know, now, we're in this middle of an um, affordability crisis where people are having to deal with these energy bills, uh, with these heat waves, um, you know, with um, housing secure insecurity on top of that. So, yeah, I think that it really resonated with people that we were just not doing everything we could uh, to address some of these crises. And speaking of power companies, uh, we have uh, Con Ed here in New York, and you have a company called uh, Central Hudson up uh, your way. Uh, can you talk about these uh, companies? I mean, their private monopolies and the the pernicious uh, influence they have. Yeah. So you know, except for uh, you know, the only exception in our state is Long Island, where the you know the setup is slightly different. But all over our state, we have a private uh, monopoly by a for profit energy provider over our energy distribution. Um, and you know, the issues that consumers face is pretty much the same. You know, it's a recurring theme, right? Um, reliability is low. Investment in infrastructure is low. Uh, you know, prices are unreliable and um, a commitment to renewables is low as well. And, but we do have a unique scenario where Central Hudson has exceptionally botched uh, their billing system errors and people are stuck with thousands of dollars of bills that they have not paid because they don't know how to pay for it. Um, and, you know, it has not affected a small group of people. This is a huge uh, issue happening in our district. Um, and I think it has made it very easy to talk about who do we want running our energy system? You know, who, who should have the most influence over it? And when I started talking about public power, honestly, I thought the response was much more um, supportive than I was expecting because, you know, people are, um, on the one hand, very worn down by private companies, on the other hand, aware of, you know, underinvestment in our public goods and what that has done to our private uh, public services. Uh, but I think people are so fed up that they are willing to reimagine. And that is a very good opening um, for conversations, just willing to reimagine who should be in control of what? Right. Well, I think private entities uh, and resource-hungry corporations have have been, you know, the powerful people in the world now for 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 quite a few eons, um, a, a few centuries. Sorry, is the word I was looking for. So, I mean, maybe people are realizing it's it's not working. Um, but that would be that would be great to see. So, talk about um, pushing for that in tomorrow's protest outside of Speaker Heasty's Lower Manhattan office and Thursday's special hearing. Yeah. So I will I will not be at the protest, but I will be you know showing my solidarity from here and. Um, I, um, as a candidate, will not be able to speak at the hearing, but I have submitted my written testimony. And here we are constantly organizing 
um, around this bill because, you know, as it turned out, people here are very supportive of this bill and not just younger folks and not just, um, you know, folks of specific um, uh, climate orientation or whatever. It's just across the board. People are like, yeah, why shouldn't we have a public option for renewable energy? Um, so I think that we are hoping um, to, you know, with how close we came in the state legislature passing the state Senate, um, we are hoping that we can really hammer home the importance of acting on climate swiftly, not acting around the legislative calendar, but really treating it as an emergency that it is. You know, we have lost so much time on all of the things that we could have done. And now, you know, our options are getting um, uh, smaller and I think we have to start addressing things at the root causes because, you know, we've given the half measures a long time um, for trial and it's just not working. And, you know, with the economy getting more uncertain, I think that it is um, in, in very dangerous to attach our um, uh, potential for getting fossil fuels, to attach that to how much profits uh, these renewable developers can make, you know, they, they should not be so dependent um, on that. So I think it is a protection measure. Uh, it is climate resiliency. It is making us more um, safe from being completely engulfed by, you know, yet another crisis, which is becoming a, a more common theme for um, how we are living these days. And yeah, we absolutely have to protect ourselves. So I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I have joined the calls for a special um, session to pass bill public renewables and clarify some of the questions and some of the clarities that we need um, uh, to collect at the hearing um, for the assembly. And hopefully coming out of that, people in the legislature will really realize that this is a, a measure that we can rally behind and get moving. Right. And uh, I don't think people uh, realize, for example, in New York State, uh, 4% of our energy supply is uh, uh, renewable uh, solar and, and wind power. Uh, and that's like only a fraction of, of, say, the state of Texas, which I understand uh, produces something like 28% of its power from uh, renewable energy sources. And uh, so with that in mind, uh, can you just... Um, Explain a little bit how we got to this moment with this special hearing on Thursday. The BPRA passed the state Senate in early June and then went to the assembly and, and then it stalled out there in the role of Carl Heasty uh, in, in that um, stymieing of the legislation. And uh, of course, this is the legislative body you're going to uh, be joining next January. You won your nomination and you have only nominal opponent in the general election. So, yeah, tell us about the assembly and, and why you feel it's going to be important to bring your kind of energy there. Yeah, I think that, you know, the reason I decided to run is just getting a close look at Albany and seeing how it works, like the work ethic and the level of organization that's going inside Albany just does not match the level of crises that are happening on the outside, you know, um, we need to be acting like an emergency, which, which we did, um, on this bill. You know, I think that this is really a result of relentless organizing, um, where we did not give up on meeting with various parties to get, you know, to, 
to bring clarity of the bill to them, um, you know, to make sure that they are not, um, uh, you know, scared about some of the language um, of the bill, because the truth is, you know, pe- you know, left to its own devices, right, people are not always understanding uh, bills correctly. And I think we just put in a lot of um, work into making people understand this bill, because it is it is a shift of perspective, right? We have spent so many decades um, with this notion that the private market will fix um, uh, everything. We just need to give it the incentive that it needs, you know. So we have been so entrenched in that way of thinking that I think we needed a little bit of a nudge to, to shift the perspective and look at it from a slightly different angle. You know, energy is a public good. This is about survival. This is this is about, um, uh, you know, having... Um, maximizing our chances of not heading into an absolute climate catastrophe. Um, and I think as a result of that relentless organizing that was coordinated both outside and inside, we did not give up until the last minute uh, to bring attention to this bill. You know, it, it I was personally surprised when it passed the state Senate. That was a huge, um, it felt like a huge win for us, you know, felt like it brought us that much closer to seeing this bill as a reality. So when we saw that it passed in the state Senate, we absolutely put in all of the effort that we could to try our chances at the assembly. We did not give up until the very last hour. Um, and as a result of that, we got this hearing, which I'm very grateful about. Um, you know, I, I know that the opposition, which is private companies are already um, uh, you know, uh, working very hard to make sure that this bill is uh, blocked. They've openly said that this is not fair to them because NIPA would simply do too much of a good job uh, building renewable energy, which is, uh, you know, um, something sounds like that, a good reason to do it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, right? Because because, like I said, you know, I'm I'm at this stage. I'm sorry if it's not making you profit. This is about saving people, and and you know, so. I think that we have been able to continue that conversation and hopefully it is pushed in the right direction. Hopefully we uh, address some of the questions that people have and see um, uh, that, you know, the assembly can feel the same way about it that the state uh, Senate does, which is that this is good for us. Um, and I think even the assembly, you know, it had uh, quite a few um, votes that were, uh, rallied from, you know, from just unofficially and also quite a few, uh, co-sponsors on this bill. So there is support. I think it's just about, um, navigating some of, um, the questions that people feel like they need clarity on. And yeah, so I'm really hoping that we move in a good direction after this. Right. And just to clarify what this bill would do, it would greatly expand the the power and the capacity of the New York uh, Power Authority, which was founded by FDR uh, in the early 1930s, before uh, when he was governor of New York and built a bunch of uh, hydroelectric dams. And uh, it's the largest uh, state level public power authority in the country. And this legislation would kind of take the shackles off it and really allow, allow it to uh, build out uh, capacity around solar. And wind and and the, some of the private industry are terrified of that because they realize a, a public sector entity like that could uh, do that at a, in a far more affordable and and rational uh, manner. And your opponent Kevin Cahill, uh, uh, when he was asked about the legislation uh, this uh, past spring, I recall he he said this isn't a climate change bill. This is a a change the means of production bill. And uh, I thought, well, that sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Any last thought on that before we have to go here? 
Um, uh, yeah, I think that, you know, um, it's when there is a crisis like the crisis that we are dealing with right now, which is a crisis of many crises, you know, the public domain is really the best uh, space for responding quickly with innovation, with investment. You know, this is what the public domain is best suited for. And the private market just has not delivered on this idea of innovation that we attach to them. You know, it has not been very inventive and responsive uh, to our crises. Um, and, and I think they've just gone down further, you know, the whole of just of just very narrow-minded uh, quarterly reports of, of profits for shareholders, and right. that's not cutting it for us. So there's this inherent conflict between people's needs um, and, and the profits that these companies need to report, you know? And right. I think that this is a moment uh, we do not have any option but to be bold because we have to address the problems at the root cause. And so NIPA actually has, you know, this artificial cap um, that it cannot produce, uh, you know, be very involved in producing the renewable energy at the scale that we need. And this cap exists, um, to encourage the private market to build renewables. But clearly that's not what's going on because we've been stuck at a very low level of renewables for a while. Um, so I think right. it's, we have, it's we have uh, to... 20 seconds and we'll have to wrap up. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think it's time, um, to let, you know, to strengthen our public goods and, and let us, um, have the state do its job, which is to protect us from emergencies. Alrighty. Sarah Hanestresta, uh, ran on the campaign slogan, the future must be beautiful, uh, Democratic nominee in Assembly District 103 and very likely the next Assembly member from that Hudson Valley District. Thank you so much for joining us this evening on the Independent News Hour. Thank you. Okay, we'll be back with more after this short music break.